Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Best DC Comics Podcast, where I'll be going through All-Star Comics number 8 from 1941, and in particular, the story introducing Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's first appearance. Before that, though, let me remind you to go and follow us on Twitter at Weird Science DC. That's pretty cool, right? And if you follow us, I'll promise I will follow you back 100%. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And if you like what you hear on this podcast and the others on this feed, become a Weird Science patron at Patreon.com slash Weird Science to get a ton of exclusive shows, many like the one you're about to listen to. And one last thing before we go on, if you like this show or the others, it'd be awesome if you would give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to this. So, We're going to go on to a little All-Star Comics number eight and talk about the first appearance of Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman, through the years, has fought Nazis, been a private investigator, a spy, even a secretary, founding member of the Justice League, and a mother, again, amongst many, many other things. And the character first appeared in All-Star Comics number eight, which we'll be talking about, that was published in October 21st of 1941, and then going off to her first feature in Sensation Comics number 1 in January of 1942. In her homeland, the island nation of Themyscira, her official title is Princess Diana of Themyscira. When blending into the society outside of her homeland, she sometimes adopts her civilian identity, Diana Prince. And Wonder Woman was created by American psychologist and writer William Moulton Marston and artist Harry G. Peter. Marston's wife, Elizabeth, and their life partner, Olive Byrne, are credited as being his inspiration for the character's appearance, but also their ideas of feminism and uh, strong female characters, things like that. All three of them are known to be very much feminist, and you even have Olive Byrne had real, real roots in a lot of feminist movements with her family. And Marston's comics featured many of his psychological theories and practices, and the character did draw a great inspiration from early feminists. And William Moulton Marston was a psychologist already famous for inventing the polygraph. He struck upon an idea for a new kind of superhero, one that would triumph not with fist or firepower, but with love. And his wife Elizabeth said, fine, but make her a woman. And he did end up developing Wonder Woman, whom he believed to be a model of that era's unconventional, liberated woman, and wanted her to be an allegory for the ideal love leader, the kind of woman who he believed should run society. And he did say, he was quoted as saying, frankly, Wonder Woman is psychological propaganda for the new type of woman who I believe should rule the world. With that, when he goes to write this first Wonder Woman appearance and then continues with that, he goes by the pen name. Charles Moulton because he didn't want people to know it was this famous psychologist and he was famous uh you know William Moulton Marston was a known name so he didn't want to connect those two and in fact at points coming up people start trying to figure out who this Charles Moulton is who is this guy we we can't find anything about him uh, you know he's never written anything he's done and by the summer of 1942 It actually became headline news when it was discovered that it was, in fact, William Moulton Marston, the famed psychologist. So all of that is pretty cool. Now, 
what before we get into the issue, I just want to mention just a couple things of note. And a lot of times things, especially pop culture stuff, music, writing, all that sort of things, movies, great stuff is great stuff, right? But sometimes great stuff does not have a timing that works and ends up, it's like, it's it's a very, it's a shame sometimes. And it's one of those things where you hear like, oh my God, this band was so great. But they ended up being just a little too progressive. They came out at a time where people couldn't wrap their head around what was going on. Wonder Woman, in my mind, actually comes and is one of those synergistic things that comes at such a great time because it is a strong female lead. There's not much of that, if anything, in comics at that point. And we are legitimately a month and a half when this issue hits the stands. A month and a half from entering World War II, we're going to get, you know, unfortunately, Pearl Harbor is going to be bombed by the Japanese, and we are going to declare war. We're going to jump into the war. And when that happens, you get all the guys going off to war in Europe, and that's when you get all of the women having to, you know, jump into these men's jobs. And and the thing is, I don't want to say it as the way of like, oh, these women, they had to try to, you know, keep up. No, the women ended up doing these jobs and proving to themselves and everybody that they always were able to do them. A lot of work that was said, oh, that's not women's work. Oh, women couldn't do that. They end up doing it. It's from necessity that they end up having that opportunity. But when they do that, they seize it and really show that they're able to do that. And that really, really pushes the feminist movement even more. And then right then, here's this female character that is kind of the embodiment of all those ideals of a strong woman that doesn't need, you know, the men to help her and things. Well, as we go on, if if you're aware, unfortunately, Wonder Woman will be taken by other writers and, you know, end up being the secretary of the JSA, things like that. You know, th- there are dips in in the road here of what's going on. But I mean, obviously, we're, we're still talking about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's part of the Trinity. Wonder Woman's one of the best comic characters and the best woman character in the whole deal. I think that she is. I like her more. If I had to sit down and I, I talk about my favorite characters and things like that, and I always say that the Trinity, that's a given. You know, you, you always want the. But I think that I like Wonder Woman more than Superman and Batman. And and with that, it's funny because a lot of the talk is that it's real hard to write Superman. Oh, Superman's so hard because he's so overpowered. He's all this, all that. Lately, and I'm talking years now, it seems like more people are struggling with Wonder Woman than any character in DC Comics. And it's a real shame because she is so great. And luckily, we have these old stories to go back to if you aren't necessarily loving what is coming out at the time. That's what this whole podcast is all about, but we're going to jump into this. All-Star Comics number eight is an issue of the All-Star Comics line with a cover date of January 1942, but was published, as I said, on October 21st, 1941. The story is called Introducing Wonder Woman. It was written by William Moulton Marston, again, pen named Charles Moulton, Pencils by Harry G. Peter, inks by Harry G. Peter, and edited by Sheldon Mayer. And we get into this, and right away, you end up getting a really cool little, you know, intro credits page type deal where you have the introduction, it does say, by Charles Moulton. At last, the world torn by the hatreds and wars of men appears a woman underlined to whom 
the problems and feats of men are mere child's play. A woman whose identity is known to none, but whose sensational feats are outstanding in a fast-moving world with a hundred times the agility and strength of our best male athletes and strongest wrestlers, right? She appears as though from nowhere to avenge an injustice or right a wrong. As lovely as Aphrodite, as wise as Athena, with the speed of Mercury and the strength of Hercules, she is known only as Wonder Woman. But who she is or whence she came, nobody knows. Well, we're going to find that out here because we start off. And one of the things I really like about this first appearance, too, is you get a lot of the stuff that will continue on. Yeah, you're going to fill in the blanks. And some of the parts in this are almost written, you know, to fill in the blanks later, which I think is cool. But anybody reading this now is not going to have any sort of problems recognizing the things going on here. I've already did Action Comics, number one, Superman's first appearance in origin already on this podcast. And there are things that some people would be surprised about in that. Even the Batman, it would be in Detective Comics 27. This is pretty straightforward for the big items. The big ticket items are mostly here as you start off with a plane crashing on Themyscira. And it says, to begin the strange history of quote-unquote Wonder Woman, let us go over the sea and follow in the wake of a plane entirely out of gasoline as we watch it flounders helplessly in the sky and finally crashes on the shores of an uncharted isle set in the midst of a vast expanse of ocean. So it is Themyscira. We don't know exactly where that is because it's a secret. And the plane crashes and the first two to see this and go running to it is Mala and Diana. They run up. At this point, she's just known pretty much as Princess. So she, they run up, they see this crash, and they end up finding a man. And you end up having Mala's like, it's, it's, it's. And then Diana, Princess, a man, a man on Paradise Island. Oh, my God, quick, let's get him to the hospital. He is hurt. They have to get him to the hospital. And when they do... It's one of those things that's cool right away that you you expect this damsel in distress deal, but it's Steve Trevor, the man who is the damsel in distress and Wonder Woman, to show how strong he is, to show, uh, to show how, you know, elevated these women are on Themyscira. She picks him up and it says like a child and pretty much a baby and runs through the streets of Themyscira to get to the hospital. And you do see, and it even says, it looks as if, they're from ancient Greece. You end up seeing, you know, the, a, a Parthenon in the back and all these, you know, structures. But they do end up talking as this goes on to say that the women here on Themyscira, they have produced technology beyond our imaginations. They're well more advanced than everybody else in the world. And they end up explaining that somewhat as the idea that Hippolyta, the queen, Diana's mother, we all know this, she ends up having a magic sphere that was given to her by Athena that they are able to keep track of what's going on in the world, keep track of technology, keep track of news, but also are able to see the past and sometimes the future, which does allow them, you know, to have this advanced technology. And in that, I'm glad that they do say that because right away, when you end up having this plane crash, Molly's like, oh, my God, a plane. I'm like, what? how would they know what a plane is? Yeah, But they, it, it explains it. Also, it's funny when they see Steve Trevor, there isn't that whole scene of like, oh, what is this? This doesn't look like a lady. And then, oh, you know, that whole deal. No, they recognize it as a man. 
even with that Diana thinks I don't think I've actually seen one of these men before I don't think you have Diana but when they go and take him to the hospital the doctor starts taking care of him says that you know he has a concussion he's passed out it's going to take a couple days for him to possibly wake we'll take care of him and Diana says I'll stay I'm going to watch over him I, I want to be you know at, at his bedside you're already getting the idea of this connection well Paula ends up hearing about this and comes in says oh my god i can't believe this and they end up explaining the plane crashed princess amala brought him here i found these papers in his pocket i don't know what these are and you end up having apollo to get it again with this magic sphere and all this stuff also is used to explain later of how they know all these languages stuff like that apollo reads Captain Steve Trevor, U.S. Army Intelligence Service. That It's a big piece of paper for just that. Also, that kind of does go against things, like if you end up getting captured. and do, But there you go. And she says, okay, uh, what we're going to have to do here, we're, we're going to nurse him back to health, but I want you to cover his eyes. He can't see anything that's going on here. And once he wakes up, he's going to get the heck out of here. We're going to fix his plane and get him out of here. With that, they don't seemingly, you know, cover his eyes. There, there's one thing. They, they're not listening to the queen. But you end up, that's where Dinah says, I'm not leaving his side. I'm going to stay here. And the nurse ends up being very concerned. She goes to Hippolyta, says, oh, queen, uh, I'm really worried about the princess. Like, she seems to act weird around this man. Like, she's trying to take care of him all the time. And she, she just looks at him and doesn't seem to get this idea of that Diana has fallen in love with the first man she ever saw. Hippolyta knows, though. And then we'll see. We'll get little hints of why Hippolyta might know. But Hippolyta says, oh, my God, she's in love. I was afraid of this. This is big troubles. Doctor, go right back, and I will take steps to make sure that we nip this in the bud. And the steps are, Diana, my daughter, you ain't allowed near that guy. I forbid you to be anywhere near this guy. Stop it. You're not allowed in the hospital. Wonder Woman pleads, no, no, I love him. I must see him. Plus, I I, I think that we should let him stay here. Why are we going to kick him off the island? He's my love of my life. Please tell me why. And she says, okay, I will. Now, this would seemingly be in my mind, and I've seen stories with this where this story of how the Amazons ended up on Themyscira should be one of the first things that every girl on the island learns right away. Uh, or in the way of playing it out, it's a weird deal, but in the way of playing it out, most of them live this. We'll find out later why. But you would think that she would have been told this story where you end up where they started out in ancient Greece. And you had Hercules walking around. And and with that, I, I wanted to mention earlier when you even have the introduction with you know, Aphrodite, Athena, Mercury. You're mixing and matching Greek and Roman mythology, but we'll forgive them for this. But you end up ancient Greece and Hercules gets word. I'm the strongest ever. Nobody can defeat me. Oh, what? Amazons? What the heck is that? Amazons? I, I could probably beat them. And I think that it's one of those things that down the line, a lot of trash talking because he's not doing anything. Like, hey, Hercules, I thought you could beat them. Why aren't you doing this? Yeah, I'll get to it. I got other things to do. He gathers up an army eventually and he goes and he fights the Amazons. This is where we're going to be introduced to a bunch of things. And I do want to spell this out, that this is done more as prose than actual comic book deal. You're getting a couple panels 
that show some moments, but it's really a written out deal for about two pages, two or three pages. And I think that was because of space. This whole story I'm talking about is eight pages long. So you have to kind of, you know, cut the fat at some point and just get to it. So, and it, it's being told as if it's a tale written down, the lore of the Amazon. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but you end up where you have Hippolyta fighting Hercules, and she was given a magic girdle by Aphrodite. She can't lose, and she doesn't lose. But you get this little wink, wink, nudge, nudge here that's not fully spelled out. She says, I won, but Hercules, by deceit and trickery, managed to secure my magic girdle. We're not told what this deceit and trickery is. I think there's a little romance going on because Aphrodite says, I'm angry at you. I told you to not succumb to men, and you did. So I am going to, you know, not help you. And, and with this, you know, the magic girdle not being with Apollo, they're now slaves. You end up having them being slaves, and you see them all lined up where they're given these bracers as, you know, a token or at least to, you know, connect chains to and things like that. This is part of their, you know, being subjugated. And so that that becomes a play of why they still have those bracers in just a minute. Because, yeah, Aphrodite's like, nope, you didn't follow the rules. You ended up coming to the wiles of men, so screw you. I'm not helping you. After a little while, during the submission to men, you know, Hippolyta decides, well, I'll give Aphrodite a call back. Maybe she's changed her mind. Maybe that hot head has calmed down a little. And she has. You end up having Aphrodite's like, okay, I'll help you again. And that allowed Hippolyta to get back the magic girdle, defeat the men who had enslaved them, grab their boats, and just sail away. While they sail away, Aphrodite leads them to Themyscira and says, listen, this is a, you know, an island. It's paradise. It's Paradise Island. You will live forever. It's going to have everything you ever need. You just cannot be beguiled by men again. You cannot let men enter here and fool you and trick you, uh, you know, with their, you know, blue eyes and their fancy looks, things like that. And so with that, you don't get the idea, okay, no man on Themyscira. You, You don't get that as a rule, a law, a decree at this point. What it seemingly is is the idea If we don't want to be, you know, taken over by men again, we just got to get them out. We can't have them around. They're always, if they're there, we're always going to have somebody who's going to be like, okay, I'll go over with that man. So that's kind of what I think the rule ends up being, you know, about the idea. Let's keep them away. So that there's the story. That is the big story. And as long as they stay on that island, you end up having eternal life. That's a big thing for the sacrifice that comes out by the end for Diana. She also then says, I also have another thing to show you. You Remember that magic sphere that Athena gave me? That thing that we can look into the past, present, future, all around the world. Keep all that. Let's go and see if that knows anything about Steve Trevor. And they go, and it's not quite like a magic, like magic mirror on the wall. But when you do see it, it looks like something from an old game show. It almost looks like it would be like the the Wheel of Fortune wheel when you want to get in the showcase showdown. They end up going, and it also has a lot of, like, buzzers and gadgets on it and light bulbs. Pretty cool. But you end up where they end, Steve Trevor, let's do this style. Let's get that. And then we do get, for the most of the issue here, is what 
led Steve Trevor to the island. And what led Steve Trevor to the island is there's some darn Nazi spies that ended up infiltrating, it seems, you know, the U.S. Army maybe, but also in in their side deal, they are gathering up planes and bombs and things, oh my, and they're going to bomb the airfields of the U.S. and the training grounds. Steve Trevor has been on this, and he thinks that he can take them down. He has enough evidence. He knows where they are. He's going to go do it personally. You end up having the captains like, no, you can't do this. You know, you're too important. He's like, nope, I don't want to put that on somebody else's shoulders. I have to do it. Makes Steve Trevor look like a stand-up guy. So he goes off to stop these German spies. You know, the German spies were doing nothing to pretend they're nothing but Germans. And in this, we're not in the war, remember. But we have been supplying the Allies all into this. We are on the side of the Allies. We're just neutral in the war because basically that's in Europe. Let's not care about that. We're here in America separate. We don't have to really get involved. But they are helping the Allies trying to defeat Hitler and the Nazis. So you end up having these two Germans. The one guy straight up has a Hitler mustache. He's like, he looks like Colonel Clink and his driver. And that guy's name's Von Storm. And then you have his driver, Fritz. I mean, please just go by like, I'm Johnson and this is my pal, Tommy. No, it's Von Storm and Fritz, the German spies. But they end up where this plan is going to be going. We're we're on. We are on with this tonight. We are going to bomb everyone. And how they're going to do this is go into the stratosphere. So that nobody can see the planes and just bomb the crap out of all these airfields because they say in again in a deal where they don't want it to be an act of war. They don't want to do this. It's kind of a weird little synergy in that where you have these guys wanting to bomb this all over the place, but they don't want the Americans to know who did it so that it's not an act of war. About a month and a half later, the Japanese front center just on Front Street just bombed the crap out of Pearl Harbor. And now we're at war. With that, though, Steve Trevor stops him. He's waiting on the side of the road as this car is driving by. He's like, Von Storm, he's going to drive by. I'm going to jump in. He, he didn't think out the plan fully because he jumps on the runner board of the car that's still speeding by. And he ends up putting the gun up to Fritz, who's driving. Von Storm is going to drive, right? He has Fritz driving and ends up saying, OK, stop the car. Step out quietly and there won't be trouble. So Fritz ends up thinking on his feet and now just crash into that tree. We'll probably survive, but boy, that guy's going to be thrown. And he is. He ends up getting thrown and he gets knocked out. Now, with that, remember, in the near future, which we already saw, Steve Trevor will crash a plane. This guy's got two concussions within about a day and a half, severe concussions, especially a plane crash. He's in big trouble. He's gonna. Have, he's in the concussion protocol right now. They get him though, and you know Von Storm comes up with this idea that it's pretty smart. The idea, okay, we are bombing from the stratosphere. They're not gonna know who we are, but they may investigate. Then I mean, I think they would. So what we're gonna do is remember that American robot plane that we grabbed. Fritz is like, of course I remember that American robot plane. Who are you talking to? I'm Fritz. And then they're like, well, what we'll do is we'll get this guy, Steve Trevor, and they recognize who he is. And he's been causing them a lot of problems already. So we're going to get rid of a lot of things here. Let's throw him in this robot plane, which will then have circle around. 
Just like a rem- it's a remote control plane at this point. We're going to have it circle around. Then when we bomb the crap out of them, they'll think that this guy did it in that American robot plane. This is going to be great. Now, with that, again, maybe this is about we'll get rid of Steve Trevor. That's fine. And Danny, why don't you just shoot him? I mean, seriously, Fritz looks like a guy who might be able to, you know, take a man's life. He also, though, <laughs> there's no reason to have anybody in this robot plane. It's going to be remote. You don't need it. They're probably going to shoot this plane down. It all came about the way that they want. This plane is probably going to be destroyed. And there won't be any idea of remains or anything. So why not just have robot plane? But they figure we'll put him in there. Maybe he'll be found and like he'll be blamed. This will be great. We'll get back at him from beyond the grave. All that stuff with it. Well, they end up doing that. They're bombing. The first airfield and these two guys Though as the robot plane goes over first Like look at that one of them robot planes <laughs> Like oh my god look at that it's one of ours And it goes by all of a sudden they're being bombed Oh no they're all running and Why would that plane bomb us It was one of ours one guy though is on the case Right away you see That Von Storm's plan has some Cracks where he goes this doesn't seem Right something's wrong here it's a little Queer and so while that's Going on Steve Trevor Suddenly snaps to he wakes up in this plane this world. I'll tell you he gets right to it I'd be like what the heck Sometimes I just wake up in my bed and I'm confused for about an hour He wakes up he's like okay well robot plane I'm gonna grab this toggle I'm gonna hit the switch No more robot plane this is full out 100% Steve Trevor And goes to then attack the big bomber That is in the stratosphere Now with that you end up having the pilot Who I think is Fritz Ends up like, oh, my God, I can't control the robot plane anymore, and it's coming at me. And I don't know why, but we left it fully armed, and it's going to shoot us down. You have Von Storm back, and I like Von Storm. He's back at the control deal where he looks like he's like a ham radio operator. He's like, what? You fool. Don't let him shoot you down. They must not find out our plan. Get the heck out of there. Get him away from the airfield. Now, to get him away from the airfield, I don't know. Fritz seemingly heads off to Germany I, I think he's like screw this I'm heading to the homeland And ends up driving and flying out Over the ocean To a point where they're going so long And Steve Trevor is following him And there's a little bit of wonkiness here Where you have the, it's a huge bomber Like a B-17 bomber going And you end up having this You know spitfire plane That Steve Trevor is now controlling He can't keep up He can't get close enough to shoot down this bomber, but he says, I am not going to stop my pursuit until I run out of fuel. And he does. But luckily, when he runs out of fuel, suddenly he sees a cloud shrouded island where he ends up crash landing. That's where we started the issue, where you end up having Diana say, Okay, I get it. And Apollo says, Oh my God, this is pretty big stuff. We bet. I love too where you have this. You know, magic sphere. I mean, it is magic, but you're you're seemingly seeing it. You're like, how are they seeing all these angles and everybody? But it's the magic sphere. And they realize we have to help this guy. Almost as if if he doesn't get back and report about this, that the Germans might end up destroying everything. Or that Steve Trevor's just so great, he needs to fight in the war. Again, everything gets topsy-turvy in about a month and a half with Pearl Harbor. So they end up deciding, but how are they going to do this? I said, is it the idea that you need somebody from Themyscira, you need an Amazon to go so that you can have him still blindfolded and end up, I'm getting that they could just go with the robot plane deal 
and end up beep, boop, boop, and, you know, boom, you just end up, you're there, but you'll end up in America without flying. It's on cruise control. I also want to know where they get fuel here on the island but again they have advanced technology they're fixing it they might be making a super plane out of this thing um but to do this they're gonna have to send an amazon it's just what they're gonna do uh they find that out because apollo says i have to call aphrodite and athena they'll come and tell me what we're supposed to do and they do come down and it's almost played out with the idea that steve trevor ended up being able to see the island and being brought to the island because he was in distress and also he was a good guy who needed to get back. So all that kind of ties in where Athena and Aphrodite decide that he has to get back. But to do that, you will have a contest. You'll have a contest to end up finding the strongest and wisest Amazon, the finest of your Wonder Women. And Athena says, for America, the last citadel of democracy and of equal rights for women needs your help. You know, Aphrodite says you must deliver him back to America to help fight the forces of hate and oppression. So you get this cool deal. And I like that Athena steps in and makes it a feminist type deal still. It's the, we have to get back to there because of how things are going. And in all of this whole deal, if the Nazis take over, women are in big trouble. So you got to do this. And that's where Hippolytus says, okay, repeats exactly. In a panel, exactly what Aphrodite and Athena already said. But again, you're talking to goddesses. If I'm talking to a god or goddess, I want to make sure that they know that I'm on the right page with them. I don't need, you already had Aphrodite seemingly like, eh, I'm done with you for a while, and they became slaves. I mean, you need to make sure that they know you are down with the plan here. And, and she is. And, and says to everyone, hey, everybody, we're going to have a tournament. Tournament to figure out who is the wisest and strongest of the Amazons and whoever wins that gets to go to America and take back this Steve Trevor. So they're going to have this. Diana comes up to her mom. Mom, uh, I want to be in this tournament. And her mom's like, no, 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 you're not allowed. Oh, why? Why why can't? And everybody knows this. The whole idea. Well, listen, anybody who leaves will not be immortal anymore, but also cannot come back to Themyscira. You're not allowed back. And I couldn't even think. In my heart of hearts, what I would do if I couldn't see you again. With that, the very next panel, in my mind, shows that Apollo has not been paying any attention to her daughter, Diana, because Diana just goes off almost at the idea, okay, mom, I won't be in the tournament, but do you know where I can go find a mask? And I want Apollo to be like, you know, like a big one? Like something covers your whole face? No, 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 like, like a domino mask, you know, those real little ones that I could put on. I don't know what you're up to, daughter, but go over there, second door from the right. She goes over, gets us. She shows up right front and center. Also, the idea that each of the Amazons in this tournament are given a number, and then they're lined up, not by number. You have right in the beginning, and and two of the poor girls in the front row are even covered up by Apollo's word bubble. All you see, and all you need to see, is number 12, Mala. Diana's best friend and number seven this mysterious woman with that looks exactly like Diana but has a mask on and it says the great day arrives from all parts of paradise I am come the Amazon contestants but one young contestant insists on wearing a mask so there must have been talk like why are you wearing a mask oh I insist I recognize that voice like what's up with this mask I said I insist Ooh, that's not Wonder Woman that's not Diane. 
She doesn't even know. She's right there. Her daughter's right in front of her. They end up having a bunch of trials. You only see one until the final one. You end up where they are racing a deer, which, again, do you have to beat the deer to win? Or is this just a race and the fastest one wins? It's very odd. It almost looks like and then a bad thing. It looks like they're at the dog track. You know, you have Diane, and nobody's catching up to the deer, which at first I actually got giddy because I thought it was Jumpa, and it was going to turn out it was kangaroo. It kind of, you could kind of get that right. It's a deer. But do you have to, because it doesn't look like anybody but Diana beats the deer, but yet it's like every, it's odd. And whether nobody does, is the contest over? Well, they end up going, and it's going back and forth. And obviously in this, we don't see it. It's off panel, but obviously it seems as if, it's between Mala and Diana. It must be going back and forth. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. They bought the whole seat. They only needed the edge here. Now, with that, I think all of the women of Themyscira are starting to get really riled up, almost as if they're in a bloodlust, because to figure out the final winner between Mala, number 12, and this mysterious woman with the mask, number 7, they're going to have to do the classic Bullets and bracelets. And when Hippolytus says it, the crowd goes nuts. They go insane. They are chanting it, uh, high-fiving, dancing in the aisles. I mean, people are going nuts because of the bullets and bracelets. And with that, both of them are given guns. They kind of take like 10 steps. And one of them's going to shoot at the other. It's going to go back and forth here. And as you shoot, this is almost like if, if you are, I mean, in football worldwide football or even hockey which i'm a big fan of hockey this is the shootout at the end literally you end up shooting and you have to break use the bracers to deflect the bullets whoever is shot first they lose and and may get a trip to the the hospital uh with that remember they're immortal but still you do see that this will hurt being immortal doesn't mean you don't get hurt i guess because you end up where Diana's good. She's deflecting everything. Mala's shooting around, right? And she's boom, boom, boom. She deflects it all. And then you go to Mala's turn, and seemingly on the first shot, she gets hit in the shoulder. Oh, well, Mala, you get the consolation prize. Nothing. But what does Diana get? Well, Diana first has to show that she is the princess and ends up taking the mask off. Apollo says, let me see, you crazy masked maiden. Who are you? Oh, my God, it's my daughter. I told you not to get involved in this. But then says, I kind of felt that you were going to go against my word and do this. I kind of felt all along that you would be the Wonder Woman who will go off to America, take this pilot, Steve Trevor, take him back and, and make do with that. And she ends up saying, I knew it. I felt it. I thought perhaps, well, it's too late now. (laughs) I'm telling you, she's thinking, can we start this over? Would people be mad? Ah, you've won, and I'm proud of you. In America, you'll indeed be a Wonder Woman, for I have taught you well. And let yourself be known as, and this is the thing, I keep saying Diana. She's not known as Diana until this moment. She's just the princess. And that is, let you be known as Diana after your godmother, the goddess of the moon. And here is a costume I've designed to be used by the winner to wear in America. And so with that, you end up having a pilot. In my mind, she's like looking through the magic sphere. Oh, what are the fashions of America here in 1941? Okay, well, we're just going to dress you up as the American flag. 
We'll go with that. Here you go. You get the skirt look with all the stars, the blue skirt with stars, and then the big eagle on the red top, and a tiara, boots, all these. I don't know what you ended up having Hippolyta do, but this is the costume. This is pretty much one of the prizes. The other prize, I love the other prize. You get to now die. You're not a. I never see you again. These are the, the hits keep lining up, but she gets to take Steve Trevor to quote unquote man's world and it says and so diana the wonder woman giving up her heritage and her right to eternal life leaves paradise island to take the man she loves back to america the land she learns to love and protect and adopts as her own just in time for america to get involved in world war ii against the nazis the japanese the italian all that to the access uh so yeah it's it's awesome it's really good it's really quick but it's a lot of fun as well and like I said, a lot of the stuff is very familiar. Yeah, not everything. And you, you'll fill in the blanks later with stuff. And one of the things when I was looking up stuff, what I was going to talk about, you know, researching some things, ends up saying that one of the, you know, one of the things that is a shame with Wonder Woman is people just started throwing stuff on top of stuff. And it ended up getting very convoluted along the way. But she still is. One of the, if not the greatest hero in all of comics, let alone just DC comics. I really do believe that. And with that, the only thing, and I'll mention one thing, the only thing that you really, really don't get that's huge with Wonder Woman is you don't get the lasso yet. You don't get the lasso of truth until Sensation Comics number six. So it is coming up, but that's really the only thing really, really missing. And I think that this is something, again, like an Action Comics 1, a Detective Comics number 27, and a lot of others that we'll talk about. You definitely should read this. If you haven't read it, you're not going to be blown away with knowledge of, oh, my God, I never knew that's what was going on. Or I never. But it's so good, and it's so cool to see this going on, even without having the context of what was going on at that point. Because at this point, it probably blew a lot of people's minds, having the man be the one who's hurt and the woman kind of going... I mean, unfortunately, this is not, you know, this is 1941. It's not 2021. So there were some people a little hard-headed and things like that that even went against this idea. But the concept and the reality of it is so true that she has remained and has remained, you know, that pinnacle, that deal to strive for uh, for everybody, not just girls, women, just everybody. So I really Love this issue, love Wonder Woman, and that's that. That is the end of this episode. And now with that, with the Trinity covered, I do end up having the Secret Origins podcast. So it's kind of an odd thing for me to go through the Secret Origins, or at least the first appearances of a Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman on this. But I wanted to set that first to get everything going. From here on out, though, we're going to be dealing with just issues and stories that we just pick as the greatest that have been and we're going to jump around i'm probably going to probably set the idea of kind of going through a couple of the ages i don't want to just say like right away next week we're going to end up doing something from you know a year ago i I want to get some of the things that i think people may not have read and keep continuing that sort of motif at the beginning again i said When I first did the first episode, the idea that we might even get to events and crises and things like that eventually. But still haven't figured out what we'll do next week. And I'm going to try to do it each week. I said when we started every other week, I may have to revert to that sometimes. But I think that overall, I want to try to do this each week. I do like doing it. 
I have a lot of fun reading and researching and then talking about it. I hope that everybody likes listening. So we'll see. And again, I'm up for suggestions. And you can email suggestions. Maybe I'll set up a separate email for this. But right now, you can use our regular DC Comics email. It's weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Maybe just in the subject line, put, you know, best show ever, best comic show ever, whatever, and then a suggestion for it. Because I'd love to hear from people about not just what everybody, but what each person considers the best that there is or their their favorite or this little unknown gem, things like that that I love. But before we leave, I'll mention once again, go to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We will follow you back 100%. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where we review almost every issue each week there, the current stuff. And then if you like what you hear, Want more podcasts? Again, I keep saying it, but a lot like this, even with me talking with other people, you know, other hosts, uh, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. And, you know, just go there. When you first sign up, you will not be charged until the first of the next month. So wherever you sign up, you get days to try things out before you commit any sort of cash to it. Because I know a lot of people are strapped for cash, especially nowadays. So at least you can see what we're doing. If it's not for you, you quit. If you quit before the first of the next month, you'll never be charged. But I think that there's a lot of stuff that people would enjoy, and I hope that they would. And, you know, jump in and do all of that. So thanks, everybody. And I will talk to you later. Later.